I'm Matthew Woods, host of Leading Out of the Woods, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on My EdTech Life. As always, it is a pleasure to be here, to serve you, to bring you some amazing guests, and hopefully some inspiration into your education life or even personal life. Today, we have some amazing guests that I am so thrilled to have, and this is something that has been in the works for a while, and I'm just really thankful for our guests today, taking their time to be here today for a special show on something that I'm really passionate about and something that I really, really love as far as a tool for education, for learning. And as you all know, the education landscape has changed and we were away from brick and mortar for a while. But what Morehouse faculty here that you see present are doing they're doing some amazing things. They kind of hopped out of the brick and mortar lecture hall and they hopped in to the metaverse. So I am excited for them to share their story with you and to hopefully inspire you to see where the future, not only of work is going, but where the future of learning can go and is going. So I am excited for all our guests that are here today. Thank you so much for taking the time and we'll go ahead and start with some introductions. So first of all, I'd like to introduce Dr. Tanya Clark. Dr. Tanya Clark, if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself and your context in education. Well, first of all, good morning and thank you for having us. Um, this is this is a, is a pleasure. Um, so I have been at Morehouse College for about five years now. I'm uh, an English professor. I teach, um, my specialty is African-American literature and American literature and women's uh, and gender studies. Uh, so in the metaverse, I teach my freshman literature class called Blacks in Wonderland, which is um, speculative fiction and film. So we do sci-fi, we do horror, fantasy. So it was a natural fit for, uh, for this kind of thing. Excellent. Well, thank you, Dr. Clark. Uh, Dr. Ethel, if you can uh, give us a little bit of background and your context in education as well. Yes. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you also for having us. Definitely excited for this conversation and to sort of add our voice to, um, to you know, to this to this education sector and what we've been doing. Uh, so I am Dr. Ethel Vereen, assistant professor at Morehouse College. I've been there since 2015, and I'm in the biology department at Morehouse, uh, where, I, where I traditionally teach you know, our introductory biology sequence, as well as upper level sequence courses. And then I'm also um, teaching the non-majors in our first year experience course, which is a course that I developed, uh, Men's Health, which is a course that I'm actually teaching in VR. Uh, so it's been very exciting, you know, to offer that course in VR and to see how our scholars have, you know, sort of um, transformed the way they think about, you know, learning and stuff. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll get a chance to talk a bit more about all of that as this conversation continues, but uh, definitely excited to be here. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Morris, if you can, uh, again, Dr. Morris, you have been a previous guest. So I just wanted yeah. to make a, you know, share with our audience members that yes, you have heard or seen Dr. Morris before on our show. And thanks to her, we were able to get the rest of the ultimate team from Morehouse on here. So we can go ahead and talk about uh, Morehouse in the metaverse. But Dr. Morris, if this is our first time for some listeners and viewers, please uh, give us a little bit of background and your context in education. All righty then. So I am Dr. Messina Morris. I am the interim department chair of chemistry and assistant professor of chemistry at Morehouse College. I teach inorganic chemistry. I teach analytical chemistry and general chemistry. I am the project manager or program manager for the VR project, our Morehouse in the Metaverse. And I taught my advanced inorganic chemistry lab portion in virtual reality last semester, spring 2021. So I am 
excited about us all being here. I thank you for having us. We have so much fun. And if I'm just extra bubbly today, that's because I have the best team in the business. I promise you, these people hold me up, hold up the, the project. They, they come through and we have fun. That was the biggest thing. We had a great time and we always do together. So thank you again for having us. But that's a little bit about me. And as I talk, I'm sure I'll reveal more. <laughs> Yes, of course. Thank you, Dr. Morris. I really appreciate it. And Dr. Hamilton, thank you so much for being here this morning. Please give us a little bit of background and your context in education. Oh, uh, yes. How are you doing this morning, Fonz? I'm and doing wonderful. Thank I'm going to date myself because I remember happy days with Arthur Fonzarelli. I don't know if you remember that or not. It's a, hey, you know, so, <laughs> so I'm dating myself as a historian, you know, but um, I'm a, his, I teach history at Morehouse. Um, I'm 19th, 20th century U.S. history. That was my specialty. And right now in the metaverse, I'm teaching world history. And basically, I want to give the students an experiential experience in creating battlefields because I'm a retired naval officer. So I have an insight on creating battleships and battlefields so they can live their historical experience and not just read it in a textbook. So that's what I bring. Uh, I want to bring to the metaverse and to the Morehouse experience here. And so also I'm a 1993 graduate of Morehouse and I've been teaching the Morehouse since 2008. So I'm glad to be on the team and uh, looking forward to doing great things in history. And like I say, not make history just a boring classroom, but a lived experience that you can share, cherish uh, for the rest of your life. Oh, that is wonderful. And I think you hit on some points that I definitely would love for you to highlight. And one of the main things that you said just now is creating those experiences. And oftentimes, you know, even myself uh, going through a doctoral program, you know, you want to make sure that you find value in what it is that you're learning, that it's like, okay, you're giving me this information, but how does this become part of me so I can go ahead and apply it to what I will be doing in the future? So I know that we'll be hitting a little bit more on that, you know, as we go on, but I definitely want to get to talking about just the origin. How did this idea come about? And, you know, if you can just walk us through some of those steps, some of those experiences um, as you started building up this program, some possible, you know, roadblocks that you've had to overcome and will slowly build up to what is now, you know, that I've seen so much about on LinkedIn and through social media and through news about the amazing things that you're doing. So we'll go ahead and get started. I guess we'll go with Dr. Morris and then we'll kind of just go and, and I want to get a little bit of experience from each and every single one of you. The virtual reality experience began the summer of 2020 for Morehouse, reaching out, trying to figure out what we were going to do with our outreach programs like TRIO. And Deshante Carmen was our project manager at the time. He was in the in the academic in academic affairs, and he loved tech. He every time uh, Hololens came out, he tried to get us to use it. Um, Labster came out, he wanted us to use it. So I was the person who loves tech and always stuck to it. So when he was thinking about doing virtual reality. I was an easy person for him to turn to because he was like, I don't have to sell her. She already likes it. She already is implementing it. She's doing it. And so we started demoing things with Victory XR instead of our students being in the asynchronous environment, they'd be in a synchronous environment. And it was amazing. But even though we wanted to do it, we didn't really know how it would be received. Would it be something that we were capable of doing? And so Dr. Michael Hodge, who was the provost at the time, he wrote a grant for the Southern Company, to the Southern Company, and Qualcomm jumped in too and donated uh, funding. And we were able to get Oculus Quest 2 headsets. We were able to get subscriptions to Victory XR. So Steve Grubbs is the CEO of Victory XR. They use the Engage platform. They created a digital twin campus for us. Um, it looks exactly like Morehouse College. And we went through rigorous training. So that's when the meeting started. I looked at looked back, I think in September, we were demoing of 2020. And then um, Dr. Vereen and Dr. Hamilton and Dr. Clark and I all were by November sitting saying, yay, because we got the funding and we're going to do this. And we didn't know how we we're going to do this because we had like two months. So, <laughs> but we did it. And um, 
the rest is all history. I'll let uh, Dr. Vereen take it from uh, spring 2021 and all the development part. All right. Thank you, Dr. Morris, for setting up uh, that background for me. And now picking up the ball and going with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right. So um, from there, of course, we had to build up our VR stamina, like time actually being in the headset. Um, and we also, for our team especially, we were interested in not just having VR or virtual reality in the metaverse sort of being uh, just the environment where we were teaching our class, but we wanted it to actually be the classroom. We intentionally set out sort of using the same um, pedagogy that we use for our normal course development and thinking you know, like backwards course design, thinking about our st student learning outcomes and course learning outcomes. And then how could we have VR and virtual reality um, be used as a pedagogical tool to actually allow us to meet those goals and to meet those objectives for our students and our scholars. So then we were working with um, with Renee and Danny, who are um, wonderful uh, champions of VR and working with Victor XR and sharing with them, well, this, these are the things and this is our vision for what we want to do as far as like our student learning outcomes. And this is how we want to use VR in this space. How can we then create the environment, the objects, the tools to help us in doing that? So for me, the class that I was teaching um, was a biology course, really. It's a science course. Uh, so it's men's health. So there were already a lot of, you know, artifacts and tools that were available for me to sort of build on. But then for like Dr. Morris and Dr. Hamilton, uh, Dr. Morris teaching chemistry and then Dr. Hamilton with history, a lot of those artifacts were not developed yet. So they are really essentially pioneers in this space and actually creating those artifacts and things that we can then have in VR and to be able to use, especially for those classes and those courses. And then for Dr. Clark, uh, there was, you know, the cultural relevance and the cultural sensitivity, that was also something else that was that was somewhat lacking in the VR space and, and really in the metaverse itself, being that we wanted to make sure we created, you know, the environment and the reality that we see in our world within the metaverse. And so with her and, you know, focus on, on Afrofuturism and really, um, culturally relevant pedagogy, she really took this to a whole other level. And hopefully she'll be able to share a bit about that as well. And so as we started, you know, building up our time in stamina and VR, sort of, as you said, Saturdays are for VR. On Saturdays, that was a lot of the time where we would get together, we would be in our headsets. We all have our headsets, have our headsets. So we would be in our headsets and we would just be going around to different environments. We were essentially playing around, right? Um, and seeing like, well, what would be this experience for not just our scholars, but then also thinking about as instructors, what were some of the things that we could actually take advantage of in being in VR? And so it was really exciting to really, you know, see that, you know, the technology was at a space uh, where nothing was essentially impossible. And if we could imagine it, we could definitely create it and have it be something that would occur in VR. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. You definitely hit on a lot of great things there. But I'd like to hear also from uh, Dr. Clark. Dr. Clark, if you tell us a little bit about that firsthand experience, like, were, did, did you have to be really, you know, convinced to join? Or is this something that you just bought into right away? Well, I'm, I'm a big tech person, too. So okay. I didn't have to be convinced. But I will say when Dr. Vereen says we had to build up our stamina I wasn't very enthusiastic after that first time in VR because I because this wasn't a realm that I had been in uh, for gaming or anything like that. Um, so I I was on there a lot so that I could stop feeling sick after it was over. And I was the one who was concerned about students getting sick because that's how I felt. Um, but it, every day that we were in there, the longer and longer we were there, it was it, it got better. And now. I don't have to teleport everywhere. I can actually walk <laughs> and not and not feel sick and come out, um, you know, feeling feeling pretty good. So, um, and we just monitor the students. We uh, survey them after every class to make sure that they're okay. We give them lots of preparation beforehand. Uh, they sign uh, kind of like a waiver, just saying that they understand what it means to be in VR and and what it can trigger physically. Um, so that was a big challenge, um, but uh, it gets better over time. Um, but in terms of the content of the class, yeah, I had to I had to work with uh, Danny and Renee, the folks at Victory XR, to get those really culturally relevant 
artifacts into the uh, into the Engage platform. So, for example, uh, my class, like I said, is uh, Blacks in Wonderland. So we do this segment uh, this semester. We're teaching. I'm teaching it through um, graphic novels. So we have uh, Muhammad Ali versus Superman, the comic strip, um, the comic book from the '70s, and um, they didn't have uh, they didn't have a Muhammad Ali. They didn't have um, a boxing ring. Uh, later on, we're doing a, a, a Octavia Butler's. Um, Oh my gosh, it just went out of my head. Kindred, Octavia Butler's Kindred, we're doing the graphic novel version of that. And they didn't have a lot of artifacts as it related to enslavement. So um, they built us a, a slave ship, um, a very realistic and powerful slave ship. Um, and some of the, um, some of the torture uh, mechanisms for slaves, the chains and things like that. So, and then we have, like the Morehouse logo and we have posters and, and, and I'm a Delta and Dr. Morris is a Delta and we have our elephants and, and Delta um, paraphernalia in there. So it was really just to make it feel culturally relevant for us and for our students and a way to, like uh, Dr. Morris said earlier, to mimic, uh, to mirror, to really reflect um, our campus uh, in, in virtual reality. Excellent. Dr. Hamilton, tell us a little oh, bit about your experience. Oh, yes. Um, actually, um, Dr. Clark brought me on. She, I, uh, she, she was in the program, and, and I think she grabbed me and said, oh, I need Ovell over here as history. And so she actually brought me on on the team. And so I'd like to thank her for uh, thinking about me uh, for the team and uh, for history as well. But my experience has been, like I said, I've been teaching world history, two courses of world history in uh, virtuality. And the thing that I did was I love creativity. And so what I did was I'd always had in the back of my mind, I always want to do a virtuality platform in history so that students can appreciate history more. And so what I did was I started my creativity on platforms like with battlefields. Uh, I created uh, the Congo, uh, the rainforest in the Congo. Um, when we were doing uh, communism and capitalism, I did a courtroom. Some of the classmates, come to the, my students had to defend capitalism. Others had to defend communism in the courtroom. Uh, I created a battleship uh, to uh, uh, mimic uh, the battle of Guadalcanal and Iwo Jima in the, in the Pacific. So it just limitless, like uh, Dr. Green was saying, I can do limitless things with history. And also I can take people to these courses and these different areas that they've never been before. And it doesn't cost them a thing. You know, you, you know, you just have to take kids on a field trip. It's going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars for them to bring them on a field trip. But now I can take them in virtuality, give them a real sense of what happened, what occurred, uh, an experience, like I say, that they had never uh, seen before, things they can uh, really uh, analyze. They can have a, a proper historical analysis of the event and know why this event happened and the significance of the events as well, because they can look at it and, and just basically reach out and touch it, and especially with the slave ship. And you can get a sense of what the slaves went through in the middle passage. And, and being in those death rows and those great, what we call flowing graveyards that they had to come through the middle passage and think the disease that they had to do. So you get a sense of what they had to go through and not just look at it and talk about it, but you actually experience it. And that's what we're big on here in virtuality is the experience that you get when you're in the classroom. And like I say, that experience I think will uh, impact you forever and uh, and also impact like say others in the generation as well. And so I'm like say it's uh, the history is, is going to I think another level with virtuality because you can't just look at a blackboard anymore and sit and lecture anymore, but you have to give that experience to the students now because now you don't have an excuse. <laughs> you know, it's no excuse now. Now you have a platform where you can actually take them and create these experience and so they can live that experience and uh, like say and it, uh, put in uh, be a part of their repertoire forever. Excellent. Well, Dr. Hamilton, you and I speak the same language. You hit on something. It's all about creativity, and I'm a big proponent of amplifying creativity. And so, I, but with everything that you have all shared, um, you know, you've hit on such many tremendous points. And one of the things that I've loved, and and up until now, my focus has always been K through 12. ARVR, you know, being in education for 16 years and classroom teacher from high school down to elementary. Very similar to uh, Dr. Morris and uh, Dr. Clark and many of you that have, you know, always been very techy. You're always looking for the next thing 
that can help and you see the potential and you're wanting to engage students. And more than anything, it's building those experiences because I, what you hit on, Dr. Hamilton, for me is something that's very significant that, you know, there will be students that will never get an opportunity to visit a certain site. They may not get, you know, visit a certain uh, artifact, you know, that may be here even in the United States worldwide or even within that same state because, you know, due to funding and things of that sort. So I've always been one of those people that thinks, you know, I can bring that experience to my students. And one thing that you said that I liked is really with as much technology as we have, why are we still making excuses of, I can't do that, or I, you know, or this is difficult. One thing that I've noticed the commonality to as well is that you have all said, you know, the VR, it, it already sells itself. The wow factor is there. You don't have to sell it to the kids. You don't have to sell it for the teachers. The wow factor takes care of itself. And it's simply just a matter of like Dr. Ethel was saying, you know, getting your pedagogy, bringing it in into this new environment and just continuing doing with what, what you're doing. But the creative component is something that's wonderful. So let me talk to you about this because I was as I'm using uh, the reference from uh, Dr. Morris's piece, the ultimate team. How did that come about, that name, the ultimate team? Who wants to share on that? <laughs> well, Dr. Morris. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. We're joking. Oh. <laughs> so we... It's interesting. So this this team is 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 full of talent. I can I can say uh, we are all true educators, but also subject matter experts. We know what we know. We all have the same type of heart towards our students. We are energized about the work that we do, and we always innovate in a classroom space. Always. So we're always trying something new. Dr. Vereen's always. He and Dr. Clark Dale revise or revamp a course in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> Dr. Hamilton, you know, he's an author, so he's always bringing in other aspects of what he does and, and not just lecturing to students, but trying to bring in other experiences, experiential learning experiences as well. Myself, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw any kind of technology at you to make it easier. And so the ultimate team came about like this. We were working with Deshante Carmen and we were in VR one day. And I remember him saying, Hey guys, y'all are the ultimate team. Look at who we got. They're not going to even believe it. You're the <laughs> ultimate team. And I was like, The ultimate team? It's like, Actually, you know what? It just stuck. After a while, it just stuck because he wouldn't stop saying it either. And so I was like, Okay, so we're the ultimate team. But we want other people to know that they're part of they could be part of the ultimate team too. But we're just the inaugural or like beginning members of the ultimate team. But we all have our own superpowers. Um, we're all very savvy, like leaders, and we have the heart for this project. I think we were the right people to give it a start. And we we're across disciplines. So I'm chemistry. It feels um Dr. Vereen, he's biology. Dr. Clark, she's English. Dr. Hamilton is um, history. So across sciences and humanities, and it was so good that we were this kind of team because we don't ever really get to work with each other. Right. So for us, I knew that Dr. Vereen was the 2019 Vulcan Award winning teacher, <laughs> um, but I had not worked hand in hand with him and he's in biology. I knew Dr. Clark was the 2020 Vulcan winning teacher. <laughs> and I hadn't worked hand in hand with her either, but I had an opportunity to, which allowed me to become the 2021 Vulcan teacher. <laughs> and we prepping Dr. Oatvale Hamilton to be 2022. So we can't <laughs> about that. But either way, we are really the ultimate team. Our personalities just meshed. We wanted the best for our students. We sacrificed our um, holiday, you know, the extra family time that we get to really push through and get this done. Um, but more than that, we had a great time. And so I really felt like what we were doing was special. We were going to give something uh, to our students that would transform the way that they saw themselves in this educational space. We were giving them something that during a pandemic would brighten their days. 
I had senior students and I took them on the campus, the digital twin campus the first time. And they knew, like you could hear these babies about to cry on this platform because they were just so shocked. It was a shock factor for them. And they couldn't believe that we would even think so much so far ahead to give them that experience. Um, when they didn't know they were going to have a graduation ceremony, I, I created one right there on the yard for them, put up seats, chairs, jumbotron, you know, screens and had a stage on there. And, and they were just like, wow, y'all really care about us. Like y'all really, you know, want, want to see us succeed and, and feel good about our experience here at Morehouse. And for me, it was a magical thing because I'm also over my department. And so it's my job to make sure that my students are having a good experience, not just an educational one, but an actual good life experience that will continue to uh, take them wherever they need to go in this life. So for me, it was really, really important. They were my upper level senior students to give them that. And VR allowed me to do that. We were all in the same space that we never thought we were going to be, but we were in our room, in our own homes or in our own rooms. We'd high five and they could feel it. And they were just like, Dr. Morris, did you feel that? I'm like, yes. Or we bump into each other and they feel it. And so they felt, even though we weren't together, we were in so many ways, more than we could ever be on a Zoom screen or any other type of um, platform communication platform. So the ultimate team reigns and it was here to stay. So we just created ourselves a logo and and we're going with it. Excellent. <laughs> and if, if I could add to um, what Dr. Morris said about us all being from different disciplines and Dr. Hamilton said, I brought him on board. I was being selfish because I needed someone else in the humanities, right? <laughs> because, you know, we're in this world where tech and the humanities don't often mesh. And so I knew that Dr. Hamilton would um, breathe that life into it so that we could, you know, put humanities back on the board. It's that it's, it's a discipline that's um, quickly being, uh, faded into the background. And so yeah. as someone who loves books and reading in English and the literature so much, it the the things that are going on um, in the discipline as a whole are, are uh, decreasing numbers of majors, um, students not going to uh, grad school in these fields. These things are really concerning. So um, technology and uh, opens up English and humanities and these cross-disciplinary opportunities because I was I came to Dr. Hamilton's um, debate uh, courtroom debate on communism versus capitalism. I was a guest lecturer for both Dr. Vereen and Dr. Morris. We used the they were Dr. Vereen was talking about cancer cells and Dr. Morris was talking about chemical, I don't know, chemical uh, compounds and metals and uh, for, 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 um, for cancer research and cancer right. cures. And the commonality was Henrietta Lacks. So my colleagues asked me to come in and uh, teach the kind of the cultural aspects of um, and the ethical ethics, um, um, the ethical questions behind um, the what happened to Henrietta Lacks and um, medical ethics and questions about that. And I did it through this Afrofuturism lens. So we've had these really rich opportunities to be in spaces, not just in VR, but in other disciplines that we have never had the opportunity to do. And, um, you know, we're writing um, papers and we're presenting together and hopefully sharing with other campuses and other professors just the, the kinds of opportunities, cross-disciplinarity that they can do as well. So that's been particularly exciting for me too, because my class didn't launch along with the uh, other classes. Um, I hit a couple of snags, registr registration snags and things like that, administrative stuff that we didn't really have a whole lot of control over. So I was just kind of waiting for my opportunity to get in there and my colleagues, they they brought me in. They asked me to um, come and, and give a, a couple of talks in, in VR, and it was great. Excellent. I, and I love everything that you hit on because it's so different from my experience, at least in the classroom, where I love the way that you are taking this and using this technology 
in a cross-curricular way that you are implementing this and people, your students, students are seeing the connection, you know, in all of these different disciplines. Like you mentioned, you normally don't see a, you know, an ELA teacher in here in K through 12 walk into a social studies class and, you know, talk about that and talk about the, the connections that are there. It's here. It seems like it's very isolated and teachers are in their own silos. So if you're math, you're only going to talk about math. And that was, that was a conversation that I had, you know, earlier this week or probably the week after uh, previous week with our math specialist saying, you know, when I taught math and then I taught science, the math that I was doing, you know, we were going through, you know, whatever it was that we were talking about that day in math, but then we would move to science and transition. And just because the language was a little bit different, but the, the there was no, and maybe it was just in my, my, uh, I didn't make that connection for them, but I, I felt like a lot of students disconnected that math and science is very different than just regular math. And, and they don't make those connections. They're like, what, this is science. We're not supposed to be doing math. I was like, no, I mean, it's cross-curricular. You hit all these areas. And so what I'm hearing from all of you is that, and it really fills my heart with joy is that you guys are all working together across different disciplines. And at the end, you're bringing these wonderful experiences to students. And one thing that you mentioned is you're, that interest now, you're you're peaking that interest into, hey, maybe let me pursue a master's degree, you know, and continue, uh, you know, postgraduate work and things of that sort, which is something that is wonderful. Uh, I want to ask uh, Dr. Vereen, Dr. Vereen, what has been your experience through this as far as really knowing that you have a team that you can work with, you know, and transitioning your classroom into VR? And tell us a little bit about the impact that it's making within your students. All right. So it's definitely had a wonderful impact on my students. And working as a team has been uh, great because there are, you know, with these colleagues especially, it allows me to to even push myself um, even more and, and to have others that are pushing you to, you know, have you thought about this? Have you considered this? And then especially as we said, like, you know, like on our Saturdays and being in VR, it was a way for us to um, sort of have like trial runs or test runs of things that we were planning on doing in our classrooms and to see what works. And then how can we improve upon some things that may have been a little bit challenging or what have you? Like I recall, even for myself, trying to, one of my classes on the cardiovascular and respiratory system, uh, one of the things that's really unique about that is having our scholars um, you know, explore the heart and to explore, you know, the pathway that blood flows through the circulatory system. So of course, even in a face-to-face or traditional brick and mortar class, if you had like a model of a heart, yes, you could share that with students and scholars and they would be able to manipulate it and handle it. But the awesome thing that you can do in VR that you can't do um, in a face-to-face environment is that you can actually expand that heart or whatever organ that might be to actually the size of the room, to the size of a building, what have you. And then you can literally virtually walk inside of that organ and actually see the inside of the organ and see the pathway that things flow. And as Dr. Hamilton mentioned earlier, when he was talking about, you know, being able to take students virtually to various time periods and to various locations, the other thing that Dr. Morris and I have been doing is actually also taking our students on these virtual field trips where they're able to actually be inside of the human body and actually virtually traverse these systems and actually to see what are the different pathways that are happening? How is how are things functioning within the body, right? And so that's been something that, again, for us, thinking about the pedagogy of this and also thinking about the assessment, what we've also done is um, in my course now, I've gone back and I looked at the data and it is, it is somewhat limited. So I will say that we're looking at one course during one semester, but looking at that data, and looking at how students performed on this unit and the cardiovascular system and being able to identify a circulatory system and pathway, our scholars actually performed much better um, in having done that in VR than our scholars performed prior to the pandemic. Um, I know the pandemic itself, that was a unique experience. So even comparing those would not be sort of one-to-one. So I'm looking at those three time periods. I know Dr. Hamilton has done this, this type of assessment also in this course, because again, we are educators and we want to make sure that we are invested in 
you know, this as a tool and making sure that the things that we're doing, yes, they're really cool, but we want to see the benefit there. So I guess I'm, I'm answering that question, like, yeah, we've seen like with our scholars, we've seen improvements on, you know, their, their testing performance, if you will. And then also student voice is important. So at the end of our course, and as we have, you know, students and they, and we, they share about what are the things that you want to see in VR? What are the things that, you know, you felt most engaged in this space? And how can we then improve upon this? And so one of the things that I felt was really unique um, and that really unprompted, one of my scholars actually shared that, you know, in middle school, high school, he never had health science courses, but having the men's health course really helped him to think about his own health and how he then thought about the health of his community. But then beyond that, he said one of the times that he was really most engaged was during the time when Dr. Clark was our guest lecturer in VR, <laughs> talking about Afrofuturism. <laughs> I was like, wait, it's been something, but I was like, but see, that's something where, you know, our scholars are seeing that and they're making those connections and they're seeing that we as educators are having cross-disciplinary engagement. And then that allows them to think even more broadly about, as you shared, what are the different things that they can do and how can they even expand their own community where they're not just even within their own little silos or whatever. So, Oh, I love, like you said that, you know, what giving them the experience of what they can do, you're empowering them and you hit on so many things, you know, amplifying student voice, which is something that's very important. And I know at least in, in my K through 12 circle, everybody is like amplify student voice, amplify student voice, but how are you doing it? Are you able to do it? And now that we're seeing what you're able to do here that you just described through the use of uh, AR, VR, it's something amazing. And, and it really motivates them to, like you said, you're taking a look not only at yourself, but you're taking a look at the community around you and trying to make an impact. And I think that that is something that is amazing that oftentimes, I, well, at least it, I don't hear about it too much, but it's great that I'm hearing it from you because that to me really means a lot as far as, you know, for me, considering myself a lifelong learner and definitely want to move up the ranks in education and, and make the sort of impact that you guys are making, you know, that really motivates me and it really, you know, fills my heart with joy the way that you describe this with such enthusiasm. Dr. Hamilton, yeah. how about yourself? Give me your experience, you know, going from, you know, your, 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 standard lecture, I guess now, the way that you used to teach to the way that you're teaching now and creating these scenes and giving the students these experiences. What have you seen as far as your experience in, in teaching going from that brick and mortar lecture hall and again into the metaverse? Give us a little bit of, of details on that. Yes. Um, basically, I like to say it's, um, um, well, my experience in history when I was in college was uh, definitely a boring experience. I would go to sleep and wake up after lectures or whatever. <laughs> and I, can, I I would count how many times my professor would clear his throat during the lecture. <laughs> that was my experience. <laughs> and so, um, but like I said, we, we had to, we and like I say, we were forced to do something because of this pandemic. And, and first of all, we were forced to go out of the classroom and go online. Uh, just because you know all this, the uh, the um, the chaos with the pandemic and students not being able to gather and teachers not being able to come to teach them, so first we had to go online. That was the first step, and then that that was a whole new experience. And then I elevated experience is when virtuality came, when we can actually be online, but we can actually be in person too. And history just transformed that that method for me because now. Uh, like say, I don't have to just sit and lecture and 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 watch the kids go to sleep and, and uh, watch them, <laughs> you know, watch them drool. But now I can take them on a like say I can take them. I've never been to Machu Picchu. I always wanted to go there and, and the Incas, the ruins of the Incas, a civilization in Peru. I always wanted to go there. But there's a Machu Picchu in virtuality. So not only I can go there, I can take my students there and we can walk and and look and see Machu Picchu, the Great Wall of China. I've never been to the Great Wall of China, but in virtual reality, I can go to the Great Wall of China. I can go under the ocean, watch the fish, and I can go to prehistoric times, watch the dinosaurs. So this experience, like I say, is very valuable. And like I say, even though we're not in the, in the, in the traditional classroom, we're in the classroom of the world, the classroom of the universe. And so that takes us to a whole different level in empirical knowledge, uh, analytical knowledge, 
And like I said, I think those students would have a, a, a definitely a an advantage over just the regular traditional classroom because they're getting the whole experience and they're getting more knowledge based on those experiences that we have in history. And they have an insight that the other person is not going to have. Now, what advantage they have with me since I was in the military, I'm a retired naval officer. They also get a military advantage with me, especially on the ship, because I can teach them all about the ship because I know the ship language. I know the ship culture. And so they have an extra advantage with me coming from the military in talking about wars and talking about battles and things like that, because now they have a military leader who had that experience. And now he's showing them that exact experience, what went on during that battle. And so I think it elevates the learning level to like say phenomenal that it is it, just it just transforming like say uh, uh and like say into the metaverse uh, into universe it's just a global uh, idea that we can do this around the world and we can all come together and that's great like you said I, and that i think is so important and i don't know i like to think you know i know that we're coming back slowly face to face and more mm-hmm. and more schools and I know from what I've seen in my experience is that a lot of the teachers just they reverted back to the muscle memory. You know, Mm -hmm. they came back into their classrooms. They're in the Mm -hmm. brick and mortar. Now they're back into the comfort zone. And all of a sudden, all the devices are just all right. Put them in the back. And the copy machine is running 24 seven, it seems. And it's back to the handouts and so on. And and a lot of it, I think, is just. Number one, you know, we need to do at least in K through 12, I feel we need to do a little bit better job at a professional mm-hmm. development and really bringing tools that teachers can use to enhance the learning experience. And I think like what I'm seeing here with what you guys uh, are experiencing is that the students are just really engaged because they are immersed in the learning you know, one thing, it's different to be engaged. I, I can be engaged and I can be listening, but I'm kind of like, you know, kind of zoning out. But when you're immersed in it, it, it seems like you're making it part of you. It it, be, it becomes ingrained in you. And uh, one of the things that really stuck out when Dr. Morris was on on the, the show the last time is, you know, taking those experiences and what are you going to do with them? Like, you're going to make them your own and you're going to go through because oftentimes we just get information and and it, it's just information. That's it. There's no connection. And here you're making those connections, which is something important. So I would like to ask you, and we'll start with uh, Dr. Clark and we'll make our way around. So Dr. Clark, I would like to ask you, what would be your advice if you can give one piece of advice for K through 12 teachers based on your experience now and what you have been able to do here at Morehouse with your students, you know, at the college level? This is kind of seems like it, it, it very well be the kind of the beginning of the future, not only of work, but the future of learning. What would be some advice that you would give K through 12 teachers to help build their students up and get ready for something like this in their future? Um, that's a that's a great question. Um, and I'm going to tack it on to a point that popped into my mind as you were making your last comments. And Dr. Hamilton was um, and you were cautioning people about kind of reverting back to their um, kind of pre-pandemic um, pedagogy. And so, so because that would actually be my advice. And and it, we've been talking a lot about content and its impact on the students, but it also impacts us as professors. Like I went back and I looked at my syllabi for this semester and just the things that I was doing pre-pandemic, they just weren't good enough anymore for the for the moment that we were in. So um, I transformed my assessment. So that's the other things. So my pedagogy is changing. The way that I assess the students is changing. They're building things rather than just kind of just writing on a, a, a flat surface, if you will, right? Because I'm an English professor. We have the, the papers and the literary analysis and but now they we for example in with the Muhammad Ali uh, versus Superman the Superman versus Muhammad Ali piece um, we took it to uh, a level of uh, sports and activism and we learned about Muhammad Ali and his background and and what he did as an activist and an athlete and so now in virtual reality we are building uh, a Muhammad Ali sports activism museum and the students Mm -hmm. are bringing in 
uh, 3D objects. They're bringing in what they call IFX objects. They're bringing in pictures and and video clips, and they're they're and they have a designated space in a, a, a location that's called a museum in virtual reality, and they are building out a, their own museum, right? And what better way to see how they have um, absorbed um, who Muhammad Ali was, but then by taking that vision that they have about them in their minds and building it in a space. So my advice would be to re-examine with a really self-critical eye and with the purpose of improving, right? Because we're all lifetime learners, right? So we're all, we should always be constantly evolving our syllabi, our approaches, our texts. Um, don't let yourself get comfortable in that little niche. It's really easy to keep that same material. Um, and don't be afraid of the uh, advances that are happening in, in education and, and stay with them so that you can stay relevant. Like that's, isn't that what they say now is like be relevant or stay relevant or woke or whatever it is, right? So I would say to um, really take that hard, critical look at your syllabi, at your ped pedagogy, at your assessments, and start small. Start with one thing that you can change um, or that you can bring back from what you had to do when we all pivoted for so uh, in such a hard and fast way when the pandemic hit. And, um, and don't be afraid and reach out to your colleagues because that has been having the support of this ultimate team um, has made the difference. Excellent. Well, thank you, Dr. Clark. Uh, Dr. Morris, how about yourself? What would be something, and and I, I forgot to ask, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if any of you all also had a K through 12 experience before, you know, getting into this, but I know Dr. Morris, I know you had K through 12 experiences. So, so what would be your piece of advice for teachers right now? I would tell them the sky's the limit that in order to engage students, you have to meet them where they are. A lot of our students are intrigued with technology. However, it hasn't always been affordable. The good thing is there are a lot of tech companies who want to see this type of experience being given to those in the educational spaces, especially public education. And there are a lot of monies that are available for them to be able to access. So don't let um what you think or what used to be define how you're going to move forward with your students and in in bringing in this type of technology to them they will rise to the top no matter what you do students are capable and they're able to get it done but we as the the instructors as the educators have to do the first step the big push in, you know, even piloting it, you know. So I, I, I'll tell a teacher, you know, be courageous, go for it. And then once you get it into the school then or into your classroom and you have data, even if it's anecdotal data, you know, just some thing that says that the students were more engaged, more immersed. We have a big cell phone problem in schools, but I got around cell phones by making them use them. You had to use your cell phone to do everything in my class. So you didn't have time. You couldn't get to your Instagram window fast enough. Well, with the headsets, it's kind of like the same thing. They're totally immersed. You can't touch your phone. You don't want to. You got joysticks in your hand. You are preoccupied and you get lost in the time, right? But one of the things that I think would be once you are sold on the idea that this is something that you can do because it is and our students need it and they need it now is you can allow your students to become creators in this space. Mm -hmm. That That's where the power lies. So for me, just like Dr. Clark, her students are building the museum. My students, my analytical chemistry students, they're upper level students in chemistry. Some have been in VR with me before. And this semester, they're becoming the creators of the space. As Dr. Vereen said, there's not a lot of chemistry content. So last year when I taught my advanced in organic chemistry course, I spent a lot of time trying to create artifacts that I could put in a space that 
we could use. This year, I'm having my analytical chemistry students do it. So they are eager. They are excited about it. We had a fun Friday yesterday, and I was just showing them how they could bring objects in. They did the tutorials. And when I tell you, they blew my mind. I said, you know what? You're, you're hired. You're all hired. Um, I'm, your students are so creative. Use them because they are, they are the talent and they have the gifts. You'll never know what a child can actually do um, until you give them an opportunity to do it. And I found out yesterday that all of this time I'm spending Saturdays off for of VR. No, Saturdays are for them to do VR. And then Sundays for me to check it. So <laughs> they did They did a, a phenomenal job. Literally, um, I told them, let, let's just do anything they want to. So this wasn't particularly chemistry um, based, uh, but we, we took went to the labs. I can't wait to see how they do the labs. That's the next thing. But they took me to a campsite and I, you know, it's all, all males, right? All boys. They took me to a campsite. It was dark at night. They started putting sound in there and it was crickets. And then it was like uh, howling. And then all of a sudden the chainsaw started and then somebody <laughs> put a monster out there in the, right. It was like, Dr. Morris, don't turn around. And we recorded it. And it was so like, you were in this space and it was kind of like, okay, how am I going to get away? Like you really thought you were in a scary movie, but they did an awesome job of just, and this was just us trying to make sure that they knew how to put objects in and put sound in and put artifacts in, but they, they, they had me beat. I thought I was teaching them something. They were teaching me. So I am excited about that, but I tell them, don't be afraid, go for those grants. There's a lot of grants and public funding um, that's available for these types of activities, but more than that, let your students create. Let them be the creators of that space. You will be surprised what they can do. And if you give them learning outcomes, like I just gave my students, they'll meet those two. They'll make sure that they learn what they need to learn to be able to implement what they want in this space. So Excellent. Well, that's yeah. wonderful. So what I would love to do now at this time is I would love to share with all our audience too the trailer, Morehouse in the Metaverse trailer that is out there. And it is such a wonderful, wonderful video that I saw. And uh, like, again, we'll definitely be sharing all these links, you know, through social media and, you know, within the show notes and everything. But you can definitely see, you know, just the amazing work that is happening. So let me go ahead and uh, bring this in here. And I will share this trailer. That was such a powerful video, and it really exemplifies the amazing work that all of you are doing as a team, as the ultimate team. And it's great to hear that you guys are adding some more faculty to this and really taking this to another level. And it just makes me so happy to have had the opportunity to have you here on this show today sharing your experiences. And we can definitely go into a part two of this if you all would you know, oblige me, you know, in the future, come back and see how the program is growing and, and how well you guys are doing. Because uh, to me, like this, I'm seeing the future. I'm seeing that you are those innovators, you along with Stephen Grubbs. Also, thank you to Stephen, who I've been able to also connect with, um, you know, on LinkedIn. And uh, he, he will definitely be a guest uh, on my show in the future as well. So I'm really excited for what you all are doing, because uh, you know, in a way, it, it does kind of validate what I have tried to do and what I'm trying to do, you know, in K through 12 and seeing the importance of this, seeing that, a, a, you know, a tide of change has come and the education landscape has changed and we definitely need to look into the future. So I applaud all of your work and it has been an honor to have you all on this show today. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Fonz. Thank you for having us.
Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, I'd like to end, you know, on a fun note. I know I, you know, I always like to ask just some questions just for catch our audience or our guests a little bit off guard, but I would just definitely love to get down to at least maybe two of these questions and we can do a little uh, round robin here and we'll go ahead and start with Dr. Hamilton. Dr. Hamilton, here's a question for you. If you can make one of your hobbies into a profession, what would it be? One of my hobbies into a profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, trying to remember. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess I guess it would be a mechanic. Yeah, work okay. on cars. Yeah, mechanic. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I, love, I love old cars as well. So mm-hmm. there you go. Great, great. Uh, Dr. Morris, how about yourself? If you can make one of your hobbies into a profession, what would it be? I would be a full-fledged triple threat entertainer. I promise you. I love to dance. I was a dancer, choreographer in college. And so I'm I'm, I'm a natural creative. I, I wrote plays. I put on, you know, plays since I was a young girl. So I, I sing, dance, um, act. I could be a drama queen. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Dr. Vereen, I'm going to switch this up for you. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? The Falcons win the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, <sorry. Yeah>. That <laughs> was a no-brainer. Come on, yes. Yeah, that's a fantasy. <laughs> Come on, rise up over there. Oh. You're rising up because they did. They need to rise up because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh. my Hey, well, you know what? It could possibly happen in the metaverse. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. You know what? You threw a little shot. No fun, but okay. They go win. Hey, I mean, if we're if we're talking metaverse, I mean, anything can happen in the metaverse. So, you know, the only one to win Super Bowl. My husband's a GM for the Falcons on his Madden 2025, and we won the Super Bowl in 2025. <laughs> Dr. Clark, I'm going to switch this up on you too. Okay. If, if this was your show and I mean, you and I switch roles, what would be one question you'd like to ask me? Oh gosh. Oh wow. That's a great question. So I um, would like to hear more about your doctoral program that you mentioned uh, and what you're doing and what your plans are uh, when, oh. you, when you get finished. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so currently I'm in my second year of the doc- my doctoral studies, and it is in curriculum and instruction. I have a master's in educational technology, so my specialization will be educational technology. So I have always been passionate about K-12 through education, although I never wanted to be a teacher, but I fell in love with it 16 years ago. And I mean, i I'm in love with everything, the process, everything that comes with it, the good and the bad. I mean, the the bad will only, overcoming that will make you feel stronger and be that person that wants to make that change. But currently I am in a special uh, topics course uh, talking about trends in educational technology. So normally I always focused on K through 12, but wanting to step out of the box and now out of my comfort zone, I wanted to do more AR, VR in higher ed. And it just so happened that I posted a couple of questions up on LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden, I got some responses from Stephen Grubbs, who connected me with Dr. Morris. And Dr. Morris was kind enough to answer some of those questions to kind of get my trends research going in um, higher ed. And now I have three other subject matter experts right now, right in front of me, that I am excited to hear your stories and that you were able to share today. So my goal is to eventually in the next uh, two years, get my doctoral degree and Mm -hmm. hopefully either start consulting, but I would definitely love to move into the world of higher ed and really take my, excuse me, take my passion for education to that next level and just you know, create more edgy leaders, whether it's through the use of technology and implementing that, but more also the thought leaders as well and making changes into in the world of education. So that's what I definitely aspire to do. 
And mm-hmm. like I said, I want to give back to the the my job. I want to give back to this passion that I have because it's done so much for me and helping me grow professionally. And so, what yeah. school are you attending? What school are you attending? Uh, it is the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. It is uh, the local college here, and we have one of the uh, well, the master's program is one of the top five in the nation uh, mm-hmm. for educational technology. So uh, definitely very blessed to have the opportunity to have them here locally, and of course, all the courses are online. And uh, the professors, Dr. Corbet and his wife, Dr. Corbet, uh, definitely a, a power couple and edu leaders here in the, the university and on social media as well. And they really do a great, great job with the program. So I've been very happy. And like I said, also just the power of connections, being able to be here with you all. And like I said, hopefully this will not be our last conversation that we have. It will definitely, as I continue to write my research, I'll definitely be maybe emailing y'all and picking your brains and, you know, yes. um, for that. And uh, But always excited to collaborate. You know, I know Dr. Morris and myself, we kind of co-wrote a little blog together. Yeah. And this is definitely going to be a blog. So we'll definitely shoot some ideas and maybe possibly do some research and maybe seeing things from a different lens of the K through 12 and how we can build up programs such as yourselves, the programs that you guys are doing at Morehouse. So excited about that. (laughs) Absolutely. So if I could say one uh, final thing, I would like to shout out our new teachers, our new instructors, Dr. Adria Welter in sociology. She and I are teaching a linked course in social problems and general chemistry where we do linked modules together and we're doing them in VR. So I had to give her a shout out. She helped so much with the deployment and logistics of these headsets and getting them out on campus to students. Uh, Dr. Harris in journalism, she's teaching a multimedia and storytelling course. She's also over the Atlanta Drone Lab. So she does drone photography and she's been a journalist. Uh, She's published in Nat Geo. She's really, really um, trying to make an impact with her students and helping them to understand how to do storytelling in this space. Um, And then the Morehouse administration. So we have had so much support from our administration. Dr. Thomas, who is the president of Morehouse College, Dr. Brown, Kendrick Brown, who is the provost. Dr. Howard is the PI on the original Southern Company grant that was written. Um, Also, Dr. Hodge, who's the director of the Atlanta University Center Consortium. He's been very supportive still. And Deshante Carmen, who was our original project manager. He's no longer with the college, but he's always in our hearts. So have to shout him out uh, for, for going real hard in the paint for us and getting us out there. And then a huge thanks to Victory XR, Steve Grubbs, Renee Gedalia, uh, Danny Cole, uh, Tyler, Pratik, you know, all of them that come and, and, and rescue us <laughs> technically in the moment. Um, Southern Company for the funding, Qualcomm, also um, great funders, and uh, new funding coming from Facebook and Unity Technologies for our students to develop culturally relevant, culturally responsive content in the metaverse, in the higher ed space, as well as avatars that look and um, act and move just like we do. Uh, So that is, uh, and they funded it. And so we're going to be working on that. That'll be the next great push. But uh, we're really, really excited. And I just wanted to, you know, make sure that I thank them. And then Thank you, Dr. Clark, Dr. Vereen, Dr. Hamilton, because of you, I am, I promise. You all have been the wind beneath my wings and, you know, being in this position, you all have allowed me the the room to create um, opportunities for us. And we are here and you, you never left me behind. You only lift me up. So thank you. Oh, that is great. Well, to each and every single one of you, thank you so much again for your time. It has been an honor. It has been a pleasure just to see such innovative uh, educators at the higher ed level. And it's just amazing to follow you and see what it is that you all are doing and the great press that you all are receiving for just being so innovative and and forward thinkers. So I am excited to hear about what is coming for Morehouse. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely keep in touch. And like I said, uh, we definitely need to do a follow-up maybe in the spring 
you know, just to see how the programs have grown and the successes that you've had, maybe even talk a little bit about it, some roadblocks that you've had to overcome. Because as we know, you know, with implementing new technologies and new practices, you do run into some of those roadblocks. We didn't really hit too much on that because I really wanted to amplify what you all are doing and share that not only your passion for what you do in your profession and being subject matter experts, but the experiences that you are uh, creating and sharing with your students. So thank you so much to all of you. I appreciate you all. And to all of you that are watching and uh, are going to be re-watching the show or listening to it later, thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. I want to give a special shout out to uh, Josh Tovar, who was joining us at the very beginning. He's a principal here in Texas, up in the, in the north side of Texas. And we have Mr. Abbott Patel, who join, is joining us also from the UK. He's a great friend, Google innovator, amazing IT uh, person for his uh, trust. And he's a great friend of mine too as well. So thank you so much for that. And uh, again, guys, please make sure you visit our website, myedtech.life. Check out all our previous episodes. Drop us a line. Give us a review. Give us some feedback, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. As always, I always work hard to bring you what is best and bring you what is the, the best of me. So let us know what we can do to improve. Let us know what you like. Let us know what we can do better. And again, as always, we're always looking to improve. So thank you so much for your time. And again, we will see you next Wednesday. Actually, we will have a special Wednesday evening episode. We won't do Saturdays because we have some school commitments, but Wednesday we will have an amazing show. So stay tuned for that. But as always, until next time, my friends, please make sure you always stay techie. Y'all take care and have a wonderful day.